Hey everybody, welcome to episode 250. I'm super excited because it's a lot, that's a lot of episodes, but I'm really excited. I have been stalking or whatever you want to call it, Scott, for probably three years. I found something that he had posted that I take screenshots of and it was a pig on a pogo stick. And you, do you know that um, image? Are you, do you remember drawing that? I remember that? it. Yeah. I love that image. It had such energy and it was so inspiring to me, Scott, that from then on I was hooked and I was like, ah, oh, this is somebody I got to um, make sure that I know who, what he's doing. So I've loved Scott's work for a long time. So I'm excited to, we've gotten, been able to hook up a couple of times online. And so now I'm excited to be able to give him the whole floor and he'll be talking to us about kind of this cool combination between music and cartoons and how he's kind of made his own niche with doing that stuff. And also just, he's been really forthcoming and how he, what he does for marketing and how he connects with other people. But he kind of started off um, a little late, I guess, maybe sort of not really um, going to school. So you kind of have a nonlinear path and um, he also loves Apple computers. So we're, Gonna hear. Oh, and, and Joey's here. Joey's from Hawaii. Oh, awesome. I yeah. Love Hawaii. Or my mom would say, Hawaii. Hawaii. <laughs> anyway. Um, Hawaii. Yeah. yeah. So we're, um, anyway, so oh, uh, Amy says, Scott, I love the Everhart Snoopy yeah, poster behind you. Yeah, me too. I, uh, I'm a huge Charles Schultz Peanuts fan. So and you have a blanket. My blanket that I keep. I think it's I'm I'm cold natured. I have to wrap up sometimes, so I keep the Snoopy blanket that uh, it's from Mall of America that I wrap up in. So yeah, huge Snoopy fan. Well, I'm glad cool. to have you. I love Snoopy too. I love Woodstock. He's probably one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. um, all right, so let's get started. Can you kind of give them a little bit about your journey, and you can make it as brief as you want it to be, um, but just you had a love for Looney Tunes as a kid and car watching cartoons on Saturday morning. Right. Right. So then right. where, how does that get you to doing what you're doing now? And then whenever you want to show work, just pop it up. All right. Well, you know, whenever I think about it, I don't, I don't think I could have ended up being anything else. Um, it, it just, just growing up when I did, there was, there was Saturday morning cartoons. There were newspapers with comic strips. And that was some of my first uh, memories of art, you know, so to speak. Uh, I grew up in Kentucky, so we didn't, I didn't know any professional artists or that was my introduction to art. Mm -hmm. So those, and then those cartoons and the comic strips and the children's books. I loved the books like Sid Hoff, Danny and the Dinosaur that, you know, I have memories as a kid, like reading that over and over, uh, Cat in the Hat, Shel Silverstein, those are all, you know, those guys became my heroes. And then the time period being as it was, you know, I'd go to school with like Kiss lunchbox. I'd have Kiss on my lunchbox and the Looney Tunes, and it's like, I couldn't, uh, you know, the, all these people became my heroes, you know, these, these musicians that I would see and listen to and and the the artists that i saw so really just that mix of 70s 80s kind of stuff kind of came together and uh and i'm very much a product of of that and looney you know the saturday morning cartoons when i say that i'm 
specifically referring to like those Warner Brothers, Bugs Bunny cartoons. I love the Hanna-Barbera stuff too. I wasn't, um, I don't have any real memories of Disney yeah. stuff on television. Although, you know, Jungle Book was my favorite. You know, I liked the Jungle Book. Um, there wasn't as many Disney movies. It, when we were in high school, it's when like Little Mermaid yeah. and all that stuff kind of, they did I remember a Lion King coming, you know, yeah. it was like, man, Disney's, you know, they're really hitting it again. You know, Disney was great. But, but when I talk about cartoons, growing up with cartoons, I'm talking about Warner Brothers and like Charles Schultz. Did you ever watch Laugh Olympics? Absolutely. I loved that. Absolutely. Snagglepuss and all those, all those guys in there. Yeah, I do. Uh, I'm trying to think. That was Hanna-Barbera too. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, all that stuff. I loved it. Hong Kong Fooey, he was one of my Hong favorites. Kong yeah. I still know oh. the jingle, but I won't sing it for you. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> so um, just on a crazy side note, and hopefully nobody will ever bring this up for um, my husband, but one time we were on one of our first dates, and he started singing Overture Curtain Lights, and I was like, oh, my gosh, does this guy know show tunes? <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, oh, you know, like, I don't know him really well. I'm like... Yeah. Oh, do you like to go to the theater? <laughs> not that anything's wrong with that. Yeah. But if you know my husband, I would you would not have expected it. And yeah. he's like, what? I'm like, <laughs> is, is that a show tune you're singing? <laughs> and he's like, it's Looney Tunes. Yeah. It's the Looney Tunes theme song. And so now from now on, we've that's been a, a joke in our family. So. Yeah. Anyway, so let's go. So you go to high school. What happens after high school? Um, and were yeah, you drawing all during high school? I was drawing during high school. Um, I went to 12 years of Catholic school. Hmm. So the, in, when I got to high school, I was very much interested in art and music by that time. Those were, those were it for me. You're a um, drummer, right? Yes. I started playing drums around age 10. I goof on other instruments too. I have a bass and I have a guitar. Um, you know, when I've done school visits, I've brought my guitar and played stuff for try to get the kids, you know, inspired. I'll I'll play something while they're drawing or something like that, a little blues thing to get them get them going. They mm-hmm. they seem to really like it. Um, but yes, I'm a I'm a drummer, and uh, so by the time I got to high school, art and music were definitely my things, and I couldn't. They didn't allow. Uh, you know, art was an elective. They didn't allow you to take that until. I reached junior and senior year. So I took it junior and senior year. I got a medal for both years. I was top both years. I got a plaque somewhere, an old plaque for both of those years. Um, and so I can remember my, my guidance counselor telling me, you know, Scott, I have no doubt that you're cut out to be an artist. I have absolutely no idea what to do with you. Mm. So there was, um, I was interested in animation too. I, I you know, I, I don't have a problem with fine art. Um, I, I appreciate fine art. You know what I mean? It's like, I appreciate it, especially when it's a real demonstration of skill. You know, you see some of the artists and you're like, man, that's a real, he's very skillful what he was doing, but more, more often than not, it does nothing for me. And, uh, and then the contemporary side, sometimes the same thing. It's, uh, it's pleasing to look at, but it, 
often it, it doesn't do a whole lot for me. So I, I kind of knew I was interested in like the commercial applications of art. Um, because you and, wanted to move people or I just, I just, I loved, I loved the books hmm. and I loved album covers, you know? So when, you know, in cartoons. So if you had asked me at any one moment, I might've told you, I want to be an album cover designer or a children's book illustrator or Charles Schultz or work on Looney Tunes. It would have been some in that spectrum. That was where, you know, or the drummer for Motley Crue or something like that. I would have been in that wheelhouse all the time, you know? Um, but so in high school, I was playing in a band and, and was interested in music. And there was a, there was a, a school that was in Indiana and they had a, I think they called it a commercial art program. Then graphic design seems like a new term to me, kind of. It was when I was growing up, I just heard commercial art a lot. So it was a commercial art program. Um, it was expensive and you just got a diploma. You didn't get a degree. And I knew if I was going to go back to school, then I wanted, if I knew if I went to college, I wanted to get a degree. So I thought I'm just going to play music for a while and see how that goes. And that didn't really go anywhere. Um, it was fun. I love it. Um, but we didn't, we didn't have, we were high school kids. And after that still, you're still kind of a high school kid. You're 19 and you're in Kentucky. So, um, so I just, I just worked and kept doing art and like, what were art. you doing for work? I worked at UPS for a while, a long time, about five years. I worked at UPS and then during the day I did, uh, you know, odd jobs, stuff like that, play music, odd jobs. And I started doing a commission work kind of, um, I taught myself how to learn, I taught myself the airbrush. Mm -hmm. So I was doing airbrush t-shirts. I worked at amusement park. I worked at six flags for a while doing airbrush t-shirts. I painted murals in elementary schools. I started a business doing that or I was doing elementary schools and banks. And how did you know how to price your work at that point? Um, I don't know, Diane, you just, you just kind of go, you know, this is what I would make if I was, flipping burgers and mm. I would make more than that. I would assume doing this, and <laughs> you, you know, you know, you just kind of, and mostly I was dealing with, you know, sometimes it was principals and stuff. A lot of times it was PTAs. So I would mm -hmm. go in to the PTA um, and show them my work and they would, usually they would have an idea, you know, there's a wall by the library. It's 10 feet by eight feet. And so I would just calculate the square footage and then think about how much I would charge, you know, per square foot to give people a ballpark, depending on how detailed it went or right. that kind of stuff. If the wall was prepped or not, if I would have to rent scaffolding and rent a truck to drive it all there and all that stuff. Um, so just kind of <laughs> flew by the seat of my pants a little bit there. Just as like, you know. But that's but good. I, like you were entrepreneurial. You know, you didn't let it stop you, and you clearly didn't have a mentor at that point. No, I didn't have – no, I didn't. Uh, I didn't have anybody showing me what to do. Um, but I I do – entrepreneur seems big to me. Seems like a big word, like you're this huge, you know, suit-wearing businessman, and that is so not me. Uh, but 
I, I do have a big desire, you know, working for myself. Um, mm. I, I do enjoy, you know, that ability, that having that ability. Um, I, I think it's funny. You I get, things you would never get to do otherwise. Right. You know? I think it's funny because I don't think of an entrepreneur as wearing a suit at all. Um, oh, well, that's good. When I, when I hear it, I just think. Corporate. Corporate. Yes. Yeah. Very corporate. And I'm, I'm not, I'm not corporate. I, um, and then when I, so then when I went to college, I did in, end up going to college at the university of Louisville and I, uh, was a graphic designer there for 10 years before going full-time freelance. Um, but I just, you know, some of the things I'm just thinking back different jobs I, I've had. And sometimes there would be, you know, I remember one job I had, there was a woman and she was an older woman uh, than me. I was probably 20 two maybe a little older i don't know but she like had to tell me like about this mop bucket there was a mop bucket and she explained it to me and I'm like man this is <laughs> you know what i mean it's just like i gotta work for myself <laughs> <laughs> i'm standing here listening about this mop bucket and, <laughs> and and i worked at a grocery store for a while and there'd be people telling me how we facing up products no slight to anybody here that's working at the grocery or whatever it there's nothing wrong with it but they they face up things you know as things get depleted on the shelf they face it up and there's this proper method of facing up and i'm like it's cousin willie's popcorn you just pull it to the front stack it right i mean let's just move on <laughs> you know so i i just i knew that um, working for myself probably be a good fit for it. Not that I'm, you know, would be mean to the person or anything like that. It's just, it's just what there's got to be something more to my right. life than than facing up, you know, cousin Willie's popcorn. There's there's right. got to be more to this than, and and, and I got to find out if there is. Mm -hmm. If there isn't, then and then I didn't find it. That's fine. But I got to find out if there is. <laughs> Doc says he got six more aisles to do, lady. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> got six more aisles of cousin Willie's to go. I can't, you know, anyway. All right. So so you go, you you kind of work some jobs, you go back, you get a degree. Now it wasn't like you were there four years, you gave all, but no, right? You no, were working no, full time so and going to school. Yeah, I I let's see. No, I started going to school. Uh, it took me twice as long as it would a normal person. Because <laughs> <laughs> you were facing up every... All I was the... <laughs> facing up stuff. Because I, when I started there, I was also... That's when I was doing um, the mural, mural business. So I was in college and doing murals, mural business. So with a lot of schools, they didn't want you there during the day. Right. Um, Cause there's kids running around and you have scaffolding. So I would come in about when school was out and then work until maybe 10 o'clock or till I would just got too tired or when the staff, the cleaning staff started to leave to lock up, I would walk out with them. Um, so I was doing that. And then there was, I helped uh, a professor with her Mac and she told me about a place that on campus that was looking for somebody to do that, to help uh, professors with equipment, their, their uh, technology. So I thought 
I did have some breaks during the day. I thought I would maybe try that out and see how that went. And so I went there and got the job. And I think the first day I was there, they asked me what I was going to school for. And I said, I'm going to school for design. And they're like, can you make us a poster? We're going to a conference. So I made a poster and then I never did the job they hired for me for not one day. From that (laughs) point on, I started making, (laughs) started doing design work. And then maybe six months in, they, they offered me a full-time job there. And at first I said, no, I'm, I'm going back to, you know, I'm in school and I'm doing this. I have a business and this is what I'm doing. Um, but they threw uh, me a curveball and said, when you work for the university, then you do not pay for your tuition. It's reimbursed. So, or it's, uh, it's not reimbursed. It's, I forget the term. If you make a C or better, they pay for it pretty much. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, if you make good grades that it's covered, um, so you had you had a family at some point, right? You uh, you were married when? At this point, I was married. At this point, I was married, and we did not have kids yet. Okay. So, um, so they offered me this full time gig, and then I came back and I was talking to my wife, and we were kind of you know like, hmm, I'm borrowing this much money, and if I did that, and really <laughs> kind of doing. It. So it, I ended up taking the job, and and it was great. I mean, it was fantastic um, to be on campus and working and they were very flexible with me schedule wise. You know, I have class. I'll be back in an hour and a half and I'd come back, sit right back down at my desk and go right back to working again. Um, it was, it was perfect. So the drawback is that it took me eight years or something close to that to, to complete, you know, to complete it all, but I got to do it and, um, got to stop paying for the student loans and pay those back. And so, yeah, it, that worked out really well. And then I ended up, you know, over the course of time, I worked there 10 years. So. All right. So then how did you make that jump from working for some, cause there's a lot of stability in that. And I Absolutely. think some, you know, were you building up your freelance business and then how did you make that jump? And did you, was that next jump going to free full-time freelance? Yeah. Um, yes. So thinking about where I wanted to go with design or whatever, I, you know, what I wanted to do. Um, I was still very much interested in illustration and freelance. I did start freelancing. I was doing design work at the beginning and, um, you know, from doing the illustration work, which was much more non-design, mm-hmm. uh, I really wanted to do that but just I wanted to do children's market illustration. I mean, I, which is specific, a specific, specific. niche, I mean, right? Over the course of time, I'm uh, you know, it's a lot of self analyzation and thinking like, what did you want to do, Scott? What did you want to do with your, you know, talent and career and life and time? What do you want to do with it? And I was like, man, that's what I really want to do. And so I started, focusing more on that. I started taking less design freelance and more illustration freelance and guiding my freelance work toward that. Okay. So Um, I have a, I have a question that's not on our thing, but I think this is kind of, this is kind of pointing to maybe doc. I feel like you would ask this question and doc will be there. So you should make sure you meet him too. Um, so he's going to have tons of new friends after this next week. So, 
how, um, so you, you kind of knew what you wanted to do, but then what did you do to focus in? Because you can say, hey, I'm going to do this type of illustrations. Were you doing um, marketing for yourself that was, you know, children-based? Or were you doing self-initiated projects and then putting them out there? How? Because you can say you want it, but unless somebody's, bring, you know, coming to you with these things, you, it's, it's hard to, like, only do that kind of work. Do you know what I mean? Right. You, you, you can't just say you want things. Right. The world doesn't work that way. Um, but I thought about stuff that I wanted, you know, the type of work I wanted to do. I wanted to do children's books. I wanted to do magazines. I, wanted, I just thought about all the different things I wanted to do. Um, and one of the things I wanted to do, one of the first things I remember is I, I want to, wouldn't it be cool if, or if this is, ask yourself what if. What if I could do this? And one of the things was, what if I could do the packaging for Hot Wheels? I would love that. I loved Hot Wheels when I was a kid. What if I could do packaging? What if they said, Scott, we want you to do packaging for Hot Wheels? What would you do? And so I said, well, hmm. I looked at the packaging for them, and then was like they had these really highly rendered Photoshop cars. So that's not kind of how I would approach it. Maybe I would pr approach it really graphic and flat and those cars were always like characters to me how can I make them lively and you know fun because Hot Wheels were fun and, and not that the Hot Wheel packaging I'm not knocking at all but it's just highly rendered you know it's like race car looking and I was like I love fun I love fun uh, that's fun is me <laughs> so I, how can I make it fun if I was if they called me and said we want you to do the packaging how would you render the cars so that's what I started now what car would I render instead of just like an 87 Camaro I chose cars that I liked as a kid that were on pop culture cars like tv shows and things like that and it's like my childhood if you look at that a series you sent me a bunch of those i don't know if you want to pull any of these up or if you have them in oh, your I, could, I could if anyone yeah so, uh, just in case somebody my mom i know for sure has not seen that scott so okay all right so i love the a team i love uh the dukes of hazard those were some the doom buggy um uh, speed buggy right yeah. i mean there were all these um it was the ghostbusters one there were um, uh, was that your cat? Yes. Meow. That's our cat Nemo. He, he's loud. He is loud. It's okay. totally, uh, um, and, yes. So Carlos says, did we grow up together? So <laughs> it, it feels like, I mean, there were, I remember, you know, watching those, this is what everybody did. We would watch these shows and then you would go to school and be like oh my gosh did you see what happened with um ba on the a team right, right. so that's what, that's what i was into so that's one of the that's one of the first um projects i remember giving myself and just you know mattel never called me but but and i didn't expect them to i just that's what i started working on just to put myself on that road um and then where did you publish that? Did you just put it up on your website? How did you get? I just started putting it on uh, social media, I guess. I just shared it there and, and then, then put it on my website. Um, started working towards building up a website and doing that. Uh, you know, back in that time, I was hand coding my own website and then 
somewhere I heard of something called Squarespace that does all this stuff. And I was like, yes, let's do it. Uh, so I've started, I've been using Squarespace for years now. I, I love it. I'm a big, I'm a big fan. I just pulled them up so that they yeah. can see them. I can pull them up too, if you want. No, I got it. I got and it. Then, and then um, I didn't know well, what yeah, this, this one was. Just, this is just what, uh, it's a pizza planet truck from Toy Story. Oh, I gotcha. Yeah. This Wayne's is World. I love that. Jurassic Park. Mm -hmm. Then Kit, of course, Carlos already said that one. Back to yeah. the Future. I think it so said they only let you do 10. So I was trying to put them together. Um, there was yeah, another. Yeah, I have more. Um, yeah, here, here's some more. So then you, I, I tried to put ones together. Oh, boogers. Wrong way. Sorry. Yeah. So that, anyway. I mean, this is just me. Uh, then I called it Pop Wheels, obviously, Pop Culture um, Hot Wheels. And then I just kind of. So that's how I would, you know, at the time if I would have been asked to do a project for Mattel for Hot Wheels, that's what I would have pitched to them. That's what I, so that's how I would, that's how I started. So what would I do now if I wanted to do um, something else, then I would just give myself that project, give myself per, some parameters. So with that Pop Wheels ones, I tried to do it and you, you can see I broke the rules a couple times, but if you look through there, it was no gradients all flat shapes. Um, they, they all had to be off the ground, mm -hmm. you know, kind of animated and, you know, lively. So it was kind of, and they're all in that three quarter. Up mm -hmm. So it's kind of like, that's how I, those were like the rules that I set for myself. And uh, I made a list of about a hundred cars. I think I've done 20, but, <laughs> but wow. I made a long list of all the ones. There's so many I want to do. And occasionally um, people will send me a note or uh, I remember I have an illustrator friend named Luke Flowers who saw. He'll be there too. Yeah. He'll be at Crave South. He saw Mad Max and then when they redid it, I guess. And, and he, he said, man, you, you would kill those cars. You gotta, you gotta draw those cars from that, from that movie. So, uh, so yeah, um, that's that's kind of how that started. That's one of the first little projects I gave myself, um, and that ended up it ended up getting an award um, from AIGA. So um, there was a judge from Etsy and a couple other judges. So that was that was pretty cool um, to to get a to get an award for just a, a project that you gave yourself. So, so Doc says, what category did you enter that? It was in uh, illustration. Okay. Illustration. Mm -hmm. Good to know. All right. Yeah. So sometimes um, working, so this is after you kind of work for yourself. So, um, well, back to that question of kind of making that leap. How much freelance work were you having before you said, hey, honey, is it okay if I quit this job at the university and go, full-time just working for myself or was it just like uh um, more you seem like a planner or your wife seems like a planner maybe i don't know she is a planner um I, I just jumped into it um i wanted i wanted to give it a shot i wanted to the university job 
you know, not knocking it at all, but it was kind of a dead end job. I was only going to be, I was a single designer. There was no one else there um, in terms of design. And that's, I would have been that for eternity. You know, there was, there was no moving up. There was no growing into anything else. It would just would have been that for the next 10 years. Um, So I was unhappy in that respect, you know? Um, So I just jumped, I just jumped, I just jumped into it. All right. So you, you jump into it. How long have you been doing it now working for yourself? Three, three years. All right. So three years ago you made the jump and so that you could work with Nemo, your office mate, right? (laughs) Um, All right. So we found him. That's why I named him that. Oh, that's good. That's it. That's we've had him. I think he's 12. Oh, wow. (laughs) That's awesome. Okay. So, so sometimes working in an industry that you have so many dreams and aspirations or ambitions towards, sometimes it can lose some of its magic. Has that happened or how do you, make that so it doesn't happen because you've worked for highlights i remember highlights as a kid i loved that magazine i don't know if i ever read anything in it i wasn't a big reader if it had pictures i read the pictures Mm -hmm. um and maybe the instructions of what i was supposed to do with the picture things or whatever but um has any of that um it seems like you're still really engaged in that industry yes it has not lost the appeal um, and that's, I, I love it. So I think if you love it, it it's not gonna, maybe it would lose its appeal. I don't know, but, but I, I loved it. I do love it. I knew I wanted to do it. Um, that's one of the reasons why I chose that particular thing. Cause I, I feel like I could just, I'd never retire from it. I just keep, you know, as long as they keep calling me and letting me draw for kids and I keep going to schools and, goofing off with kids, then I'll, I'll do it. You know, I'll never retire from it. I, I love it. Absolutely. Okay. I feel the same way. I just want to die one day at my desk, maybe yeah. like that's, that would be ideal. Just, just like Charles Schultz. Right. He went right up to the end. <laughs> just like that. All right. So what has helped you stay tapped into that inner child? Cause you talk about this a lot, either in other interviews or when you and I have talked you're just like, I'm just a big kid. So, and you mess with your children. You have three kids. Um, but then you do, you go, you go to schools that aren't your kids' schools. And you, um, you were telling me about going to lunch with these kids. You were going, you were doing a kind of whole day thing at the library and they, you just hadn't gotten to the second grade class yet. Can you kind of tell that story? And then how do you, is that part of the, part of the fun of, of, being in this job is that you you can do school visits, you know, and you'll get contact through school visits. So I was at, it was a local school and I was there for the day. And um, I've said, if you're ever in a bad mood, you know, go have lunch with a bunch of like first or second graders. You just can't be in a bad mood after that. They're, they're just, everything is exciting. You know, it's just there, we're having corn dogs today. (laughs) And I opened the milk on my own today. It's just, everything is, everything's exciting. I love it. Um, but I just, I chose just to eat lunch, eat the school lunch in the cafeteria. Um, 
and the, the librarian that hired me, you know, she offered, do you want to come have some quiet time in the library? And, <laughs> no, I'm okay. I'll just eat lunch here. And I sat at a table by myself, but it didn't take long. A few minutes, there was kids, you know, sitting there and um, they were, they were trying to figure out whose dad I was. And I kept telling them that I was a new student there and, and it was my first day and I was actually a first grader there. And, and they kind of gave me this look like, I know this guy's messing with me, but I don't know for sure. <laughs> you know, and they're like, but you have a beard. I'm like, this is a disguise. I'm kind of shy. It's my first day, you know, and they're like, you're wearing a ring. That means you're married. No, I got it out of the bubblegum machine. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you. And so I kind of had them going a little bit, you know, course if you'd asked them they were like yeah he's totally messing with us but but I hadn't had this particular group of kids yet and so when their class came into the library to hear the presentation they all saw me and they're like you you were the one who was messing with us you know we knew it. and I was like you didn't know did you not all the way though did you uh so I had this like lunchroom click there you know it was it was awesome they were high-fiving me on their way out and um, that's just, that's just fun. I am, I'm, I'm kind of an overgrown kid. Um, so is that a way you kind of chap it, tap into that childhood or is watching your kids do things or your kids' friends do things? I always yeah, think having kids helps a lot. <laughs> having kids helps a lot. It, it legitimizes a lot of stuff for me. Cause, uh, like the movie finding Nemo that made me think of it. I didn't have kids. I was married, but I would go see matinees by myself because I really <laughs> didn't see that movie. And so I'm, there's all these families and kids and there's this older dude and they're like watching this movie, like cheering when stuff <laughs> happens. I'm like, yes, you know, and they're like, man. Uh, and people would come over to our apartment and ask my wife, Maggie, how many kids do you guys have? Like, None. There's, there's a Powerpuff Girls DVD on, on your mantle. Uh, that's my husband. <laughs> You know, um, so yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I just, I love that stuff as a kid and I never lost it. In high school, I would rush home and to try to catch uh, Animaniacs, um, mm. you know, and if I got, if I got home and it was too late and I missed it, I'd be so distraught. There was no DVR or right. anything then. And like, oh, I missed it. I bet it was awesome. Um, I love the Animaniacs. Too. I did too. That I remember cool. them. Oh, so funny. Just Oh, just so well written, so funny. They're in a mall and Dot's going up the escalator and you see a little lingerie shop called Freudian Slips. <laughs> all those little things in the background. I used to just watch all the background stuff because they would have so many little subtle jokes in there. And I, I just thought that was so fantastic. Um, yeah, so. Uh, so uh, Paige, Paige asked, do you like Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends? I don't know that one. So Scott, you need to look that up. I think I've seen that one. Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends. I'm trying to watch this chat thing and It's okay. I can I'll I I'll send it to you later if you want. Okay. I jotted um, it down. Okay, so did you ever end up getting kind of um a mentor or did you just do a lot of research? Because I know you got involved with SCBWI. So 
Yes. Uh, I don't even remember what the S stands for, but children's society. book, right? Society of children's yes. book writers and illustrators. And I actually joined because of you, because you were, you would really like connected. You did things with them. You met people. And I was like this weekend, I was like, you know what? Not that I think I'm one of those people yet, but I was like, I would like to be maybe one day. So I just went ahead and joined. And I was like, we'll just see what this is about. Yeah. So no, I, uh, so I would get things like the, you're talking about marketing stuff. There's the children's writer and illustrator market guide. They have one for designers too. Those books that you get. Yeah. Yeah. Like this, but not exactly. 2006, but right. one for. So I have, I think I have 2017, the children's writers. And then I have a 2015 artist and graphic designers one. Um, and they talk about the society scbwi in in that magazine or in that book and i just i don't know why i had some aversion to it and i have a good friend uh his name's rob mcclurkin he'll be at creative south and he he's like my brother from another mother he's he's awesome and i would say he's kind of like a mentor to me so um, how did you meet him we met through dribble a website okay. dribble do you know dribble yep we know dribble um, there was, you know, you could post and get feedback and then you know, he maybe posted some drawings. I, I think I, he posted some drawings. I gave him some feedback and then it was, he and he were talkers. He and I are talkers. And if we got to type something and try to have a type chat, it's excruciating. So, you know, we're, I'm trying to give him feedback and we're both like, do you want to just talk on the phone? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we, so we just started talking on the phone and, uh, skyping and um and became friends we've been to a bunch of conferences together and he's he's great but he was the one that that really said you should join scbwi and i'd heard of it but i never had anybody give me a personal recommendation like i know this organization it's good right. so through him i joined that and and it's that has been great fantastic that if you want to work in the children's market if you want to do books or any kind of children's publication, um, I recommend you join it. If not just for the information that you get, um, you know, at some point you will get, you will come up to a level where it's like, okay, I know all that stuff. Now I want to go this way with it, but it, they give you something called uh, another marketing thing called the book. And it's like that illustrator's guide. Um, with your membership, you get this downloadable PDF and it has art directors, um, their names and how to contact them, whether or not they're looking for submissions or close to submissions or just how to, how to contact them, how to, how they prefer Some will say send postcards. Some will say, send me a PDF with three samples. Um, that, that's, a, that's a huge, huge benefit to being there. And then they have conferences. Um, when you're in it, you'll have a regional place and then you'll have the, the main conferences. They do one in Los Angeles in the summer around August. And then they do another big one in New York around February. Those are their two main ones. And then they have regional ones too. Cool. And so, so you, you've actually gone to the regional one as well, right? Yes. I've gone to the New York. I've gone to New York a couple times, two, three times, maybe. Um, and then I go to the, the regional one as well. Rob and, and I, Rob and I both go to those. 
So that you go to the one in um, in Nashville, is that right? Yes, my region is in Nashville. So and Rob's not even Rob uh, McClurkin lives in Atlanta, uh, around Atlanta, Georgia, and he's not in my region, but he still you can still go to another region's conference. So you can look on their website and look at who's speaking and what kind of things are going to be discussed. And you can go there and you can get a portfolio review, like a one-on-one -on -one from like this past time. I had one from a guy from Simon and Schuster, a well-known guy who used to work for Jim Henson. Um, cool. uh, so I got to meet him and he gave me feedback on my work, you know, and it's like, um, I think it's $40 or something like that for a review. That's nothing. And yeah, it's, it's short review, 20 minutes. It's hard to give you a lot of, you know, thorough feedback in that time, but it's definitely worthwhile to get, but your, also get your book in front of somebody that may know somebody that it would be a perfect fit for, or you're just making a connection in the industry. Absolutely. Absolutely. And in that respect, it's worth every penny. So I, I highly recommend that if you're looking to work in children's market, for sure. All right. So, so you and Rob talk, you get to talking on dribble and then now you start a friendship where he's outside of Atlanta and you're in Kentucky mm -hmm. and then you guys will meet up at these conferences. So how did you go to any other conferences or was it mainly just this conference? Um, I've been to other, they've had some workshops through SCBWI that I've gone. Um, and yeah, so I've been to other things, but uh, in terms of like me and Rob hitting something, it's one of those bigger ones that we'll go to. So what would you tell somebody who's trying to break into this industry? Um, would you tell them anything else to do to well, get would, started? Yeah, I would say think about not just the industry. I mean, illustration is a big industry but what markets do you want to be in you know do you do you want to do um, illustration for beer labels do you want to do children's books what what are those things you want to do and then then sit down and go well what if I did one like what's your favorite beer like if you was going to do it do it right. show it. you know actually go through the stuff and do it give yourself a project um, that's how you build up work that's that's how you can prove prove that you can, you can do it. I mean, the art directors, they, um, you know, I would say it's not, it's not hard to get into illustration. It would be hard to get into the market because those art directors have illustrators that they use all the time that come through for them, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so why should they hire you if they got this guy who does a great job every time? delivers it on time. Right. So know. how do you break in? So like, how did you get your job at highlights? I mean, which is, you know, just, or your the first time they asked you. So me and you talked about this a long time ago. Yeah, and, um, um, uh, he found me, the art director there found me through Twitter, I think. Okay. Um, so just being active and posting things. Yeah. And I think, I think um, in his case, he was, he was looking for, He's trying a pig to on a pogo up. stick. I'm just yeah, I think he was trying to shake up the the magazine a little bit, you know, mm -hmm. to kind of push it a little bit and see what he could do with it. Um, and and so I just think it was a kind of like he saw something I did at the right time and and 
and thankfully he's come back, you know, he's, he hires me, you know, fairly regularly. I was in six issues in 2017. So half you have a 50, 50 shot of finding something I did in them. Um, and I just, I just, that was kind of one of those things. It's if you, if you're not putting your work out, if you're not sharing it, not that you should share everything, but if you're not putting your work out so people could see it, they'll never know who you are. So I think the first step was just like, let them know you're here. Let them know that you're what you do. And then the next thing would be prove to them that you can do the work. Mm -hmm. um, show them that you could do it. You know, if, if I'm an art director and I just got something from an editor for a children's book and it's about this, um, you know, goat who rides a motorcycle and this funny story about a goat who rides a motorcycle. And then I just happened to get a postcard from you with this funny goat drawing on it. I don't know who you are, but man, the timing of that is, right. you know, this guy can draw a funny goat and I need somebody to draw a funny goat. I'll go look, I'll go at least go check his workout. I'll go check him out. And, you know, maybe I'll, I'll contact him and talk to him and see, see how it's going to go. Um, otherwise I'm going to use this other, you know, this other lady I know who can, who draws beautiful goats, you know, right. And I'm going to go with her, you know, so it's, um, I think it's, it's showing up and, uh, letting them know you're there, um, being a professional and and proving that you can do the work so and you can do a lot of those things on your own do you think being a designer has helped just knowing what what parameters are and maybe it takes some of the guesswork out because you have been on the other side um absolutely absolutely um being able to confidently put together a postcard you know you've you've done it a million times, you know, you know what you're doing, you know how to set up a file in InDesign, you know right. how to set up a file in Photoshop, you know how to send that to the vendor that it's going to get printed and the colors are going to look like you want them to look. And um, yeah, absolutely. That's, that's helped just for sure. So Carly has a question. I think is a really good kind of marketing question. She says, were you hashtagging in a particular way to get found? Say you did the goat on the motorcycle kind of thing. Would you hashtag that as fun goat, funny goat, goat riding motorcycle, motorcycle. You know what I mean? Um, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if I, I'm not an Instagram expert, so I don't know how I would, I don't know. That seems like alchemy to me, mysterious alchemy. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Uh, it changes saying, too often. Yeah, yeah. And and uh, it would be easy to get caught up in all those things. Um, I think I would just back it up to, I would just try to make the most badass goat or whatever it is I could make at the time and, and worry about that. And then, but I do think there's something to um, – figuring out social media and, and I, I'm reading a book right now. That's a good question. Cause I'm reading this book. Um, jab, 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 right. Oh foot. yeah. Gary Vaynerchuk. I love that book. So I'm reading this right now and it's, uh, it's all about that kind of social media stuff because I'm not, I, I'm not an expert on it, but yeah, I mean, I, if I was hashtagging that, I would goat funny, 
you know, motorcycle, um, right. what, whatever pertinent things I could come up with when I was doing it. And there wouldn't be much science to that. It would be <laughs> when I was putting it in there, what I, what I thought would be applicable to that. Cause I think then, it, it does change. It does. But then instead of just analyzing that to death, you're moving on and doing more work. So you're being more consistent and more prolific than just being so, um, mogged, uh, mogged down. You know what I mean? bogged down in the mire of hashtags. So you'll just kind of do it and then move on and hope it gets something to someone at the right time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yes. And the purpose of me, I know it sounds funny. I mean, but the, the purpose of me making that goat in this example would not be for me to share it on Instagram. Right. The purpose of me making that goat because I don't know, something struck me funny and, or I just wanted to draw a goat that day or I wanted to experiment with a color combination or weird shapes on a character. Um, that would be the inspiration for making the goat. And then the it sounds bad, but the Instagram sharing part of it would almost kind of be an afterthought and like, yeah, this goat's pretty funny. Maybe I should put him up today, you know, and, or, um, do you know. try to post every day? I don't, I don't post every day. I know that there's some of that too. You should post every day. Now I'm doing a 100 day project, so I will post so, every day for that. So tell, tell them about this. You've actually done like at Halloween, you did these, um, children's pages, right? Like yeah, coloring right. pages or whatever activity yeah. sheets. Yeah. I, so this was at a, I was at a school and, um, uh, uh, I talked to a little boy and he said, Hey, me and my dad were on your website the other night. We were checking out this, uh, I forget whatever image. And, and I don't know why it, it didn't hit me before then, but I'm like, Oh crap. Kids are coming to my website. <laughs> you know, cause you're thinking like, art directors, people that's going to hire me are going to come in or somebody that's going to buy a print. That's who's coming to a website. And I was like, kids are coming there. I don't have anything for kids. You know, there's nothing. I mean, they can look at my work and stuff, but they're not going to read my process blog, you know, or it's just like, I don't have anything on there for them. I was like, well, that sucks. I got, I got, I got what can I do for kids that come into the website? How can I make it fun for them? Um, and just, I love those books that you would get when a kid, these big, thick books, you know, and had just had mazes and puzzles and coloring stuff and all that. And, and one of my, one of my dream projects is to one day, uh, you know, red lobster, somebody is going to say, can you make us a kid's menu that they can color? And it's going to have these crazy, funny lobsters on it. And, and I'm going to be like all over it. Yes. Um, so it's another one of those things. Well, could I, could I do that? Can I prove to myself that I can make these sheets? So I just made, um, I started making a few of them around Halloween or I did them for shark week. And Cause you love sharks. Cause you're also a diver. Yeah. I love sharks. And, uh, so I, that's how it started. I put those on there. I started because I wanted to have something on my site for kids and I made them around these holidays and, 
I've, you know, now I've gone into schools and I've, the school I was recently at, the principal was said, we love those sheets. We share them in our newsletter every month for the parents and kids to go get the new ones. I'm like, holy crap, that's, uh, you know, I didn't really think um, that it would be that a school would be sharing it, you know. So I wanted to take part in this 100-day project. Um, I listen to a podcast called Creative Pep Talk a lot, if you guys listen to that podcast. Mm-hmm. And uh, he spoke on there about the 100-day project. And so I was, I'm going to give a shot. I'm going to make 100 activity sheets. Different you got ones, a book there. And post them, post them every day. I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to do this while I'm at Creative South. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but I'm gonna, I'll figure some way. I have a portable them. scanner. Do you want me to bring it? Yeah, I, I'm, I may I may cheat a bit and put some in the bank, so to speak. Like okay. make about five or six of them up and just post them at, while I'm there. Um, just so I can keep that up because I right. really wanted, I really want to go to the hundredth day and like, I did it a hundred. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that's, that's why I did that. That was the inspiration for that. Um, so. and that's pretty cool. So I like that a kid and his dad and you had never even thought that they would, um, so can you just, I know we're that's out of time. That's how bad I am, Diane. It's like, I, that's how terrible I am sometimes with. But I think know. we're all like that. We get focused and that that's, that that's our audience is just these art directors. But really your audience is the kids. Your audience is the kids right. at um, that are looking at your stuff on highlights or that are looking and it's, exactly. it, we get so caught up in the marketing stuff that or the art director or getting that next job that we lose touch. So I, I think it's pretty normal and I'm glad to know that you do that too. So yeah, I I definitely did. All right. So we aren't anywhere near done, so we'll have to do a part two, (laughs) but um, I wanted you to at least kind of give them a little hint of a little bit of your process. Can you show them a little about kind of and talk to them about how you work. So do you start with pencil? Do you start with a blue pencil and then go? Yeah. Josh says part two. Yeah. I didn't get get process stuff. I should have. Oh, you didn't. Oh, oh, yeah, you do. You have those heads of that chicken. That's sort of. I'm going to do this. I'm going to share screen and click it. But you can talk about it. Work. Is it working? Yes, it's working. Okay. Um, Yes. Yeah, so very much. So the, I like creating characters. Um, that, that was one thing that drew me, I think to Charles Schultz's work is he was so good. These characters were just bigger than him. You know, they've outlived mm-hmm. him and I would love to accomplish that same thing. So I, I love creating characters. And so when I have a character, I'm thinking of a character, I will draw them a million times to, kind of I, I just say get to know them it sounds a little weird or get them in my hand um so that i can draw them ever how i want them so yes very much so start pencil and paper is this pencil paper or is this on the cintiq this this is on the cintiq i can tell a little bit yeah you can tell it's in sketchbook pro um mm-hmm. i have an old uh cintiq a refurb and uh sketchbook pro so that's what i will drawing when I'm drawing digitally. So usually if I'm going to share it or like put it on my website or give it to an art director, I will draw it in that to clean it up mm-hmm. or to change things. Maybe, you know, when it, cause I, when I'm on paper and stuff, I draw really fast. I'm, I'm just, 
uh, do the Seamus Colhane. Do you know him? Mm-mm. The old Disney animator. Um, I read a book by him. His name's Seamus Colhane, and he read a book by Betty Edwards called Drawing on the Right Side of the Brain. I think oh, uh-huh. And she was talking about, and he was thinking about it too, where when he was drawing, that's when he was creative. And if he stopped and analyzed his drawing, like maybe that's not a good one or I should change this pose or I need to erase this part, then he felt like he was switching over to the other side mm. of his brain. Like you can't play the basketball game and referee it at the same time. Mm-hmm. But he, he started just drawing as fast as he could to not let himself analyze too hard what he was drawing and he never erased. If the drawing wasn't working or he really, I don't know, messed it up or whatever, he would just take the paper and throw it and keep going. He was, he did that. So after about two weeks of trying this out, Walt Disney walked up to him and said, I don't know what the heck you're doing, but keep it up. Your drawing has improved 10 times, you know, since just from two weeks ago. Wow. And so he was like, I've got it. This is what I'm doing. So that was his thing. He always drew really quickly, tried not to analyze it too much. And so I've kind of tried to adopt that where I'll take a blue pencil or a different color pencil and draw quickly, just lay shapes in or try to capture the pose. Mm -hmm. And then I can come back later with my regular pencil and kind of, this is the line that I think I want this. I can analyze it later, but just Mm -hmm. try to get energy onto the page first before you start thinking about the, you know, all the particulars. Right. So yes, this one is done on the Cintiq and this was a little chicken character. And um, I just try to put him through different paces, you know, some eating something disgusting or, you know, what he, what his head, back of his head would look like him mm-hmm. laughing, looking stuff like that. Um, this was uh, a little dizzy gator I took a trip to new Orleans um, and that's the birthplace birthplace of jazz. So he has the bent trumpet like Dizzy Gillespie, mm-hmm. a little hat. So this is like a Dizzy Gillespie inspired New Orleans gator. So this was kind of laid quickly down at sitting at the airport. Um, this is another little character, a little girl that I was working on. So same thing. I'm just seeing what the, you can see her hands. Really. So does she have a, a name? Cause she was the one with the koala or she sort of looks yeah, like that girl. Her, name, her name's falafel. <laughs> and uh, she's kind of a bossy opinionated little girl. I can tell by and how she, she was a, treating that koala. Yeah. She has a pet koala and, uh, and he likes mega lollies and she doesn't want him to have the mega lolly, the giant lollipop. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'll make so, up little stories. Right. So the shark. So why, so you, a lot of people are divers, but they don't necessarily really like sharks. So what's the fascination to sharks? I, uh, I don't really know. Um, I just remember being a kid and, you know, I think a lot of little boys like sharks, but I was really into them for some reason. I remember my librarian in school, Mrs. French telling me that Scott, you've read all the books I have on sharks, perhaps you should pick another subject. <laughs> you've, read, you've read them all. And uh, so I don't know. I just, I, wa- I wanted to be a scuba diver. Hmm. And, uh, I got certified to be a scuba diver. I had a video. I don't know if we want to do it. Yeah, show it. Because uh, we're running out of time. Um, but I, I'll, if, can you guys see it if I show it? Yep. 
I think so. Pull it up and just play it. Yep. It's going to be small. Can you guys see that? Yeah. Can you make it bigger though in the corner? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'll play it. So, ooh, I'll turn ooh that's up. a big turtle. Uh, her name is Myrtle. She's a 500-pound green sea turtle. And this is diving in the uh, New England Aquarium in Boston. I have a friend who's a marine biologist there. And he took me diving into the tank. And, uh, you know, in the wild, these, these turtles are protected. You wouldn't or I wouldn't go up and bother them at all. Um, but Chris knows her. She's been in the she's been in the tank for years and years and years. And he said she loves to have her back rubbed with a shell. And he said, so if she comes over to you, grab a shell and rub her back, she'll love it. So this is just a little uh, That's cool. Little video of of that. And then he'll he'll pan up in a little bit. There are three pretty pretty good sized sand tiger sharks swimming, circling above us as we're uh, as we're down here and that's kind of cool. My, when I've shown this to kids and my kids, they freaked out. They're like, you were in the water with shark. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I love it. And it's, it's a lot of fun. And so, yeah, I get some inspiration from that too. He'll pan up here in a little bit. Show, show these sharks. Maybe. Shoot, here shoot. Just so you can see a shark. Ooh. Here they come. So, I guess they are fed regularly. They, they are fed. He feeds them. <laughs> so yes, they're they're fed. Uh, they're fed daily, or maybe hourly. I don't know. <laughs> he feeds them. That's um, good. So yeah, I love sharks. And then uh, this is a, a vampire squid, which is a real animal that I found out about. And uh, thought it would be cool to have a character that is a vampire squid. He goes along with the shark. They're they're uh, nemesis is for uh -huh. so. That's awesome. Yeah. So that's a little process, I guess. Oh, here's some more. I got more stuff. So now that looks like paper, maybe, or is that the Cintiq as well? This is still the Cintiq, or maybe this is paper. This might be paper. Um, this was for a book cover, so. You know, sometimes the sketch is kind of loose and like the chicken, it's just kind of a loose sketch. And this one's much kind of a little more rendered. It was for a book cover. So with this, I would start figuring out, I blacked out some areas because I knew there was going to be text there. So that's where the design comes in. Um, and this is, you've already seen. These are some, this is a dog that plays the blues. So you incorporate a lot of your love for music. A lot of your characters end up having kind of music. There's music in there. It yeah. Seems like. I mean, this character was inspired by if you, I like Stevie Ray Vaughan and uh, the hat and the vest and the little soul patch is Stevie Ray Vaughan. And then the, the guitar is Bo Diddley. If you know Bo Diddley, mm -hmm. he always played that red square guitar. So that's where I kind of got some of his characteristics from. You know what I think is always funny? It's like nobody has on pants. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's uh, like, oh, they got the vest and the hat, but uh, right. forget about pants. I mean, I think pants would be the number one piece of clothing. I, well, funny story. <laughs> I did a, a, a thing for highlights, and I was drawing pigs. And 
I, I drew, it was a fairy tale kind of thing. And I, I drew up these pigs. They were the main characters and did this stuff. And I sent it and the art director, he came back and he's like, your, your pigs aren't wearing any clothes. Like, oh. Okay, pigs. He's like, put some clothes on the pigs. So anyway, I, I redrew it, put it on there, and I sent it back, and he sent it back again. He's like, you're not wearing any pants. <laughs> I just had this shirt on. And he's like, put, put some clothes on those pigs, man. You know, it's like, I don't know where I'm at. All the pigs are naked, I guess. I didn't really think about it. You know, he's like, your bear's got clothes on. Your pigs are naked. <laughs> you <know>? Their <laughs> legs are shorter. One yeah. time I drew a, um, I have a doggy daycare. It's one of my clients. And so I was like, oh, well, we'll do um, bathing suits because they'll do like a water. They have pools and stuff. And I was like, it'll be like an eight piece, you know, like the covering all their nipples. Yeah. yeah. And the my client was like, what is that? I was like, well, they have eight nipples. You might as well cover them all up. <laughs> She's like, no. No. I was like, okay. <laughs> no. They and I thought it was people. funny. People bathing suit. I think it was funny. Um, yeah, and then I have this one. This was just a fun, I don't know. Um, this is just for me. It's, uh, it's uh, what is it? Daryl Heckle and Jekyll Oates. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's Heckle and Jekyll, Daryl Hall and uh, John, or John Oates, uh, whatever. Yep, Daryl Hall, John Oates. Yep. Hall, and o Hall and Oates is Heckle and Jekyll. And then I uh, chose some, like, 80s miami vice colors <laughs> yep you totally look i love it one of those things you're like oh this is funny i i did this at lunch one day uh years ago but i thought it was funny it is uh, funny so it's kind of combining using your humor using your love of um music using your love of cartoons so we didn't even get to talk about 311 we'll save that for part oh, yeah. two okay is that okay yeah so we'll, really we have like five to 13. So is there anything that we should be um, looking for like at Creative South or after Creative South that you're? Uh, look for my 100 day project. Um, okay. Are you just posting that. that on Instagram or is that on your website also or what? How is uh, that? The I'm posting the I'm posting it on Instagram, but to get the actual sheets to de they're free. You can download the sheets and, you know, color them with your kids or um, share them with other people They're they're on my website. So you just scottsoder.com slash fun. And that's, that's where they are. So, um, and they, I should note that I'm, they won't all be up there. I'm not going to stack a hundred uh, sheets up. So as I'll let them maybe get five deep up there and then I'll switch them out with the other ones. So if you see one you like, because it. it might not be there um, do you think there's a book in there somewhere for you like that you would sell on your website that would be these coloring books well that's a good idea um, you know i know some people that you should talk to like brian white he's done a kickstarter i think like you would anyway he's here so and he's going to creative south too so maybe that's somebody you could talk because and the make masters make I can't remember if they're makers or masters, masters of one uh, podcast. They did a coloring book last year and it was a big success. They sold out. So I just think yours would be, I mean, I would get it and I don't even have kids. <laughs> it's something to doodle on. Yeah. I know, but they're fun. Yeah. So the high art of clothing animals. Yes, <laughs> for sure. 
Who needs pants anyway? That's what I'm <laughs> Right. So, chart. Oh, somebody said something about a chart. I'll have to read through this. Like, will I get to see this later? I on? will. I'll send it to you. Yep. All right. Um, yeah. So that's, yeah. Look for me at creative South. Uh, love to chat with you guys there. Um, and on the interwebs, you know, find me on the interwebs and chat with me there too. All right. So I'm going to share how people, anybody listening on YouTube or on iTunes, they can do. And I'm shout out to Caleb. Caleb's his dad's friends with my husband, Steve and, my husband's name John, not Steve, but his dad's name is Steve. Anyway, um, so Caleb, thanks for watching. He's watched, and I'm super excited. So anyway, just thought I'd give him a shout out. So you can always catch Scott at his website, which I put on there. It's s c o t t s o e d e r dot com. If you want the fun sheets, it's slash fun. Hopefully, you know how to spell that. On Twitter, it's um, at s e s o e d e r. So is your middle name? Start with an my E. Twitter? My Twitter yeah. is uh, Scott Soder Art. Okay. Okay. Then never mind about that. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, so Scott. Oh, I can't even spell Scott. Oop, I said spelled Scoot. Scott Soder Art. No, I got it now. Okay. Sorry. I don't know where I got this information. Um, and then Ooh. Facebook, Scott Makes Art. And then yeah. Instagram, Scott Soder. And again, S-O-E-D-E-R. And then Dribble, Scott Soder. So all those I've shared, in, but I'm going to share again in the chat. And then they will be below. And if you want the full show notes, which we talked about a couple other things and a couple other books, I will put all those in the links below. And then we'll just have you back for a part two. Awesome. And I'm glad I'll be able to see you and so many other people live at Creative South. And if you're missing it, we are going to do a Creative South um, podcast. So we will be doing a podcast on two podcasts, I guess, for a whole hour. I'm going to talk to Brian and Amy, who are in the chat now, with Will. And I don't think Will's here today. But then we'll also um, talk to my mastermind group. So we're going to talk about building community. That's kind of next week. So it'll come out maybe Friday or Saturday. No, it has to come out Saturday because I'm doing it on Saturday. It wouldn't come out before then. <laughs> um, and so it'll be live. So if you're at Creative South, come by. I'm there from 2 to 3 on Saturday doing the show. So hopefully you guys will um, – and there is a, a live stream part of the um, – that's right, the speaker sessions. So if you – Carlos, if you just feel super left out and you want to see what everybody's listening to, you can always buy the live stream pass, just so you know. Um, and I have no idea how much that costs, just so you know. Anybody. Um, Carly as well. I don't know if you're going or not, but it's great. Maybe next year. Yeah. I'll plug uh, Luke Flowers and Joey Ellis. They're doing one. So. Yeah. Two of my buddies. You can go check them out. For sure. All right. Well, guys, we will see you not live next week, but the week after. We kind of always do a recap. And so it'll, it'll be a recap for, from me to everybody of Creative South and what I learned. And um, hopefully I'm still vertical and will uh, hopefully I haven't passed out. So that's right after. And then, and that's tax week, I think. So hopefully yeah. everybody's getting all their taxes done. Yeah. So, but if you ever need me, you can always email me at Diane at recharging you.com. Feel free to give it a like, a thumbs up on YouTube or, and a, 
rated a five star or four star or three or whatever, I'm happy to get any kind of reviews. So I'll email me back if you email me and I will see you guys in a couple weeks. Sounds good. Thank you.